0: Have you ever felt like a failure in your role as a CME and CE professional? I have. But what if failure could actually enhance your CME content creation process instead of hindering it? Creating innovative continuing education content requires taking risks. But with risk comes failure. And even though errors and mistakes are part of the learning process, we often struggle with how to evaluate failures safely and constructively. Hello and welcome to Right Medicine's Monday Mentor. I'm Alex Hausen, and in today's mini episode, we're diving into some concrete actions you can take to enhance your continuing education content creation process. And today, we're talking about failure. I'm not talking philosophically about how to stoically embrace failure and how such an embrace is good for you although it can be, if you learn how to handle it. In fact, the Stoics, like Epictetus and Marcus Aurelius, did kind of emphasize that we shouldn't be destroyed by failure, and we should always be ready to try again. And of course, you find the concept of embracing failure in Judeo-Christian culture as well. C.S. Lewis said, failures are fingerposts on the road to achievement. This is an idea that has expanded into what cultural anthropologist Joe Moran calls failing well. He pinpoints the start of the failing well movement to American startup entrepreneurs in the mid-2000s, before the self-help and the personal growth industry incorporated failing well to kind of reinforce its message about using our failures to learn and grow. Now, part of Moran's argument is that Capitalist and corporate culture need us to fail well so that we'll pick ourselves up and carry on, learn from our mistakes, and keep feeding the capitalist machine. But even if you accept Moran's argument, which, you know, for the most part, I do, failure does have a place in adult learning. Some research does characterize failure as a teacher, as part of the feedback loop that motivates learning and prompts behaviours like problem-solving, visualising outcomes, emotional regulation, reflective and active learning. And you could argue that this kind of characterization has itself been affected by or informed by a capitalist interpretive framework. Or you could dig into the literature a little bit more to see what the evidence is on the role of failure in learning. Mindset theory and Carol Dweck's research on growth mindset with school-aged children is probably the best-known research on the utility of failure in learning. Her work has supported the idea that people with a growth mindset tend to embrace challenges, persist through setbacks, see effort as the path to mastery, learn from criticism, and find inspiration in the success of others. Dweck's idea has resonated deeply within medical education and found its way into the American Medical Association's Accelerating Change in Medical Education Consortium and into critiques of the way the current assessment system across the medical education continuum, including in continuing medical education, fosters a culture of fixed mindset. And we might extend that critique into continuing education for health professionals in general although that probably has to be tested. But growth mindset can be a tool in CME and CE as well. In the very first episode of Right Medicine, Audrey Tarno, managing partner of Excalibur Medical Education, talked about the interrelationship of creativity and failure in CME and CE content creation. You can't have one without the other, But our tendency as humans is to deny or to obscure our failures, which makes it really challenging to learn from them. While failure can be difficult to talk about, sharing what didn't work can help the CME and CE field improve. And in fact, Audrey's number one message in that podcast is to embrace experimentation and share the lessons you learn from your failures. So what are some practical safe strategies that we can implement to make failure work for us and for CME and CE learners? Number one, if you're an education provider, create an anonymous shared document among a small group of trusted colleagues or team members. Everyone can log challenges or approaches that didn't work along with takeaways. The anonymity of this type of shared document increases psychological safety and reduces the vulnerability that we all feel when we're sharing failures. And if you are a freelance writer, or analyst, or designer, reach out to a few freelance colleagues you know and trust, and propose setting up a shared Google Doc for this purpose. You can agree on guidelines for providing constructive feedback without blame, and you can log challenges from projects that didn't meet expectations along with lessons learned and ideas for improvement. Strategy number two, instigate a failure report session at an internal team meeting where people briefly present something that didn't go as planned. Focus your discussion on solutions and problem solving. And if you work freelance as a CME CE professional, you could schedule video chat failure sessions with one or two trusted freelance colleagues to talk about projects that missed the mark in some way. Focus on lessons learned rather than shame or blame. Maybe that goes without saying, but it's easy to get caught up in a shame or blame mindset and pick a regular cadence, you know, every month or so and set agendas that are really focused on improvement. Number three, if you're an education provider, you could periodically review metrics and trends across activities and programs to identify areas where outcomes are decreasing or are not as expected. And of course, talk about the possible reasons for this change. And if you work freelance, you can keep a personal journal or a spreadsheet to track metrics related to not only a freelance CME, CE business, things like project inquiries, proposals submitted, projects awarded, client satisfaction, and so on, but also should track activities or tasks or engagements that didn't meet the metrics you set for them. And you can review these on a regular basis. And when you spot unsatisfactory results, reflect on the potential reasons and brainstorm solutions. Strategy four, you could share de-identified examples of failure or lessons learned at conferences or in presentations. Or you could publish case studies on failures and their lessons learned with all of the identifiers removed. Again, focusing on solutions to the problems you encountered. And as Audrey suggested in the very first episode of Right Medicine, you could create an educational graveyard to memorialize failed approaches and the lessons they've taught you. Here's how Audrey describes it. So Ben and Jerry ice cream, they're up in Vermont and (laughs) they have a, a flavor graveyard. It's actually tombstones with the names of all the flavors that no longer exist in their production lines. And they have the description of what it was comprised of and the year or years, if it had a longer life cycle, of when it had been available, and it's—I find that one to be interesting. It's like they kind of found a way to make fun of their failures in a way that because you are welcome as a visitor on a factory tour to go walk through the graveyard okay. and visit visit all the things that didn't work out. And so I think we haven't figured that out in an educational way how to create a safe educational graveyard where it's like these are things that just didn't work in our field. It's crucial to be creative and to try new things. That means failure is part of the education design, planning, implementation, and evaluation process. The main ingredients for using failure effectively are number one, creating a safe environment for reflection and feedback because we need psychologically safe spaces to self reflect and share. Number two, Anonymity builds trust. And number three, focusing on constructive lessons versus blame or shame, combined with a readiness to accept constructive criticism without taking it personally. These things are essential. As Josh Spector says, failure feels personal, but that doesn't mean it is personal. Listen in again on Wednesday as Caroline Pardo and Sarah Nisley share preliminary insights from their field research on the evolution of CME and CPD. In the meantime, connect with me on LinkedIn and sign up for Right Medicine Insider to get CME and CE and podcast updates straight to your inbox. There's a link in the show notes. Stay curious and keep learning.